Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Spencer German on Cleveland Sports Radio. 92.3 The Fan. Independence Day, Cleveland. Happy to be here with you for the next three hours, 10 to 1 on 92.3 The Fan. 216-474-0092 if you want to jump on in with us. And we have plenty to cover. I, as I was preparing for this show today, I, uh, I I found myself like scrambling and moving things around and frantically trying to map out what it was going to look like because normally I'm planning for a four-hour show on Sundays. It's kind of my consistent time slot. And then... If I'm filling in for generally like Jonathan at night, it's a five-hour show. So I know like, oh, I have I have all this time. I can work in this and I can work in that. I have this fun segment and that fun segment. And not only that, I'm also going on vacation later this week. So I'll be gone for my Sunday show this weekend. So I know like this is my last chance for the next like 10 or so days to get things off of my chest with you guys. So got a lot to get to. We're, we're starting out, we're starting out hot. We're going to go around the horn. We got some Browns to get to, some Guardians to get to, the Nathan's hot dog eating contest is today. And I have a question for you guys surround, uh, revolving around that. It's going to be a fun one, but right out of the gate here, I got to get this one off my chest first because I don't know if it's just time heals all wounds and it's the summer months and people are happier. And the weather's generally nice, although this weekend's been kind of miserable up until today. Today's beautiful. I'm, I'm, I'm thankful for that. But obviously over the weekend, it wasn't great. Um, I don't know what it is, but for whatever reason, I'm hearing more and more talk about how we got to move on from the Knicks series. And we got to let go of that absolute disaster of a series that we saw the Cavs put together against the Knicks. I... On one hand, I understand because you can't hold on to these things forever. You got to be able to move past it. And in a sports world, we know it's what have you done for me lately. We're going to, if next year they go and have success, we're going to quickly overlook that, look the, forget about it. Not forget about it, maybe, but we're going to move past it eventually. Yes. But I'm here to tell you right now, guys, I ain't moving past that series until next year when I have a new playoff series to base to, to, to go off of. Here's the thing. It has been drilled into our heads over the course of, I don't know, I guess time, but especially 
me growing up in my early 30s, like the last two decades as I've gotten more and more into basketball and cared more and watched the Cavs go on these deep playoff runs. And, I mean, let's face it, those Cavs teams with LeBron that were making finals runs, like there was always talk about flipping the switch and was it possible and is it good to do that as established bad habits and all these different things. That story was written a million different times in a million different ways. So it's been drilled into our heads the whole flip the switch narrative flip the switch narrative comes from a place of understanding that the playoffs are just different than the regular season. And if that's true, I just can't let go of the Knicks series that easily because oh well we're all happy now and they're signing Max Struess and making some deals and trying to fix the roster and it's sunny outside and it's summer and I got better things to do and I can just sit with my beer koozie and my beer in hand on Independence Day and kick up my feet and be all hunky dory because oh the Cavs are trending in the right direction. No. No, I'm sorry. I am all kinds of stubborn. And I refuse to just let go of that series because, well, now we have something else to talk about, and maybe you're thinking more positively about the direction of the team with some of the moves that they made this weekend. We are going to spend, or we should at least spend, the entirety of next Cavs season knowing that nothing going on between October and April really matters all that much. Yeah, there'll be some cool performances. Maybe Donovan Mitchell will put up 50 one night. Maybe Evan Mobley starts to take that turn and has a big offensive output, and he's scoring 40 points a couple times or whatever it might be. But none of that will matter until we get to see how this team looks at the end of April, into May, hopefully, maybe even into June. And that's just facts, point blank, period. I understand that can be a miserable way to go into next season where you kind of are just on this long slog of a of a methodical marathon NBA season knowing that until you get to April or May, you're not really going to know anything about what this team really is or what they can really do and what their true identity looks like and what the future... Let's face it, I, I can sit here today and tell you that the Cavs will probably win 50-plus games again next year. I, I'm, I'm even willing to guarantee that they will win 50-plus games next year. But none of that's going to matter until we see how they do in another playoff series, until we see how J.B. Bickerstaff coaches in another playoff series, until we see if Evan Mobley, another year under his belt, steps up and rises to the occasion in another playoff series, until we see if Donovan Mitchell can use the the fuel of literally crapping the bed in that series against the Knicks to his advantage to have a better performance in the playoffs next year until we see if Jared Allen is going to get pushed around by other bigs in a playoff series. None of that matters until we get to that point. It might be miserable and, and to, to think about the season that way, but it's just the reality of it. They got to do it in the playoffs. And I'm sorry that I can't erase that image of the Knicks series out of my head. I just can't. So, and that's where my head's at with a lot of these moves this offseason so far. I can wrap my head around Max Struess. I think he's a little undersized for a small forward. And you already have a undersized problem with your perimeter players and your defense and your, and your undersized guards that are trying to guard these wing players at times. 
I think Struess is, is an upgrade from what they did have in terms of being a, a wing scorer. But do I think he's some elite defender that's going to lock up the Jason Tatums of the world? No. That's why I'm a little weary on him. I'm also weary of the fact that he was bad in the playoffs last season. And if people want to say, like, well, it was the finals and it Guys are going to sometimes perform poorly, and it's just kind of par for the course. I can understand that. I mean, LeBron had a terrible series against Dallas when he was his first year with the, with the Heat. It happens. Even the best of the best sometimes have poor performances in the playoffs. But it was like not just a finals thing. It was the whole playoffs he played poorly. And I get it. He was probably the best shooter on the Heat last year. He was getting trailed a lot. Multiple guys sort of following him at all times. And... They tried to take him away, so he wasn't going to burn them from the outside. Fine. Maybe there's more space for him on this cast team, and he, he, he shoots better. I'm hoping he shoots better for what they're paying him. But it's why I need to I, – I can't just sit here and be all – everything's fine, rainbows and butterflies, because they added Max Struess and George Niang and some other pieces at this point because I need to see it in the playoffs. And I am genuinely concerned that who they were in that series in terms of toughness and physicality is who they will always be with this core four. That's my biggest concern. I don't know if adding Max Struess and George Niang and Ty Jerome and Damian Jones all of a sudden makes them tougher. I think back to February. Cavs hosted Memphis. And there was the whole Dylan Brooks, Donovan Mitchell sort of riff that was already there. And it played out on the court when he ends up getting into sort of a pushing match with Donovan Mitchell. There's some words exchanged. They get, he gets in his face. The bench is clear. Cavs players came running to his defense. And J.B. Bickerstaff told us after that game, which I thought was a huge spark for this Cavs team, and I and I thought that was a turning point for me where I was like, okay, this team isn't going to get pushed around like that. This team can stand their ground. I thought that spoke a lot about what this team is, who they are as players in a team, and that they they can be the aggressor. Because to that to that point, up until then, all it had been was, well, they're a bunch of nice guys, they're a bunch of gentlemen, and I think that was seen as weakness. And then they, they had that exchange and that sort of back and forth with Dylan Brooks and the bench is clear and they, they stood their ground. Then all of a sudden, it felt like, okay, this can be their identity. And it, it did spark them. I forget what the, how many wins in a row they had after that. But they had a nice little win streak after that whole kerfuffle at the field house with Dil, between Dylan Brooks and Donovan Mitchell. And J.B. Bickerstaff said after the game, we don't have guys who start bleep but we have, we have guys who don't run from bleep. And that was cute, and it was nice, and, you know, put it on a uh, Cleveland clothing company or a JVR t-shirt. Except when the lights were brightest, what did this team do? They did run from bleep. They ran straight up from the Knicks. And they hid, and Jared Allen told us as much afterwards. He flat out said the lights were too bright for us and we couldn't handle it. How is that supposed to give me confidence that next season, when you're on that stage again, all of a sudden, 
it's all going to be better and it's all going to be fixed and you guys are going to figure it out. I don't know if you can teach toughness. I think there's certainly room for Evan Mobley to grow. I think there's certainly room for Donovan Mitchell or sorry, Darius Garland to still grow. I think this is a young team that there's a number of players who can still continue to develop, but like Jared Allen is a veteran at this point. If that's just who he is getting pushed around by Mitchell Robinson, that's just who he is. I don't know that adding Max Struess coming from that that great heat culture that we always love to talk about just fixes the problem. This isn't like LeBron going saying he went to the heat because he could go to college for four years and then bring what he learned back to Cleveland. It's Max Struess. He's a role player. I don't know how you coach that out of players if that's just who they are. I don't know. And that's why I refuse to let go of the Knicks series because I have it forever burned on my brain at least until I see, at least until they prove me otherwise in the playoffs, that their identity is they're going to get pushed around in the playoffs when the, when, they, when the game changes. Mark Stein had some comments as the Cavs kind of have settled. The dust has kind of settled on the weekend moves that they made. And even though Kobe Altman might have said no wholesale changes, Mark Stein thinks there's still a chance Jared Allen gets moved. That might be the thing if they flipped him for something that would change my mindset and feeling about this team. We'll continue this conversation on the other side. we got to take a break. Also coming up, Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest today. It's absolutely disgusting. But what is a food competition that you think you could win? 216-474-0092. We take a break. Keep it locked. The Spencer German with you here on Independence Day on The Fan. Ever since I did the Immaculate Grid live on uh, Sunday, I have people sending me their Immaculate Grids now to show me their scores. I'm going to have to pull it up during the break. I might ask for some help again today. I feel like on, on Independence Day, you gotta you got to get a perfect score. So I might need some help. 216-474-0092. We're talking Cavs here out of the gate. Coming up, I do want to get to the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest because... I want to know if there was an eating competition that you thought you could win, what would it be? Like, what's the food that you know you can put down better than anybody else? Let's say amongst amateurs. I'm not saying you got to go up against Joey Chestnut, which would just be ludicrous. You'd have no chance. I, I don't even care if it's, not, if it's not hot dogs. Like, there's no chance of beating Joey, Joey Chestnut in a, in a hot dog eating or any eating contest at this point. But let's just say among amateurs. So, like, your town's holding a fill-in-the-blank eating contest. What's the blank that you think you actually have a chance to win? We'll do that coming up at 1040-216-474-0092. And really throughout the show, you can jump in on that one and on Twitter at Spencito underscore. We'll ask Zach Meisel about that and your Cleveland Guardians coming up at 11 o'clock as well. He joins us from the athletic before uh, we get rolling into the afternoon where I know the guardians later tonight host the Braves again. Just give me one against the Braves, please. Just one. That's all I ask. We'll talk more guardians in hour number two, but for now we're, we found a zone to be in a lane to be in at the moment talking calves because I am just appalled by the number of people who seem to just be ready to move on from that Knicks series. And I'm not there. I understand where the fandom in us kicks in, and it's our team, so 
we're going to be all happy and excited and, you know, positive because we are, we, we want reasons to be excited and there's hope and, and a new season ahead, especially when you're adding new pieces to the roster and you think that they made the necessary tweaks and addressed their needs. It's the same thing we're doing with the Browns, to be fair. It's the same thing we're doing with the Browns. We're asking ourselves how we feel about the season. I, Baskin let me jump in yesterday during uh, his show and with, with Menigan sort of holding down the fort for Phelps and we did a Browns vibe conversation. Where are you at with the Browns going into the season? And Menigan and I firmly believed, like, yeah, we like the roster, but we've liked the roster in recent years, and I have to see it first. It's the exact same way I feel about the Cavs team. The As easy as it is to just blissfully and whimsically get excited about the Cavs because it's, again, your team and, oh, a new season brings new opportunity and this is the year and all these different things. Guys, the fun and games with this team are over. The honeymoon phase is over. Two years ago, it was every night somebody tweeted about how fun the Cavs were because they they were a little over their skis the way they were playing. They had arrived earlier than expected. This past year, expectations were a little bit higher. Playoffs, were, I think, were the main expectation. I think by the time the season, by the time we got to the postseason, it's pretty fair to assume they were going to win that first-round series. And I think people were going to be content with, yeah, if they win and they get into the second round, I can live with that. That's a that's a step in the right direction and a progr- uh, progress made by a team that a couple years ago was just a bunch a, a random assortment of used parts and young players because LeBron left the team in shambles again. So I I I I think the last two years were sort of our chance to have fun and just buy into everything this team was doing because we thought they were maybe going to dig themselves out of the gutter and become something for real and they have they become a team that can compete in the for the playoffs at least maybe not in the playoffs i almost freudian slipped there um but for the playoffs and that is good I, i'm not trying to disparage what they've accomplished in the last year and the progress made I, we had a caller a couple days ago on sunday who was ready to sell off his season tickets because he didn't like the max truce move and my whole thing with being hesitant with the Max Struess move wasn't that I don't like Max Struess as an addition necessarily or that I think he's just hot garbage and the Cavs are making stupid decisions. It, it, that, that was not my point. I, I'm, I'm hesitant because I don't know how great of a shooter he is after sort of some inconsistencies. He was 41% from three two years ago. This year he was... 35%, which is about league average. So what is he? He's streaky at times. He was bad in the playoffs. And he's not a great defender on the perimeter. That's your starting small forward. I think it's okay to have some concerns or worries or not just be all in on thinking Max Struess is the savior we were all waiting for at the wing. But I didn't go as far as saying that I was going to sell off my season tickets if I had them. Because, oh, well, I don't like the moves that they made. Like, guys, if you can stick it out through the doldrums of 20 win seasons, then I think you're okay with a 50. Like, like, it's a 51 win season. It's still enjoyable. It's still fun. 
You should still want to be part of it. I'm just saying that until we see this team in the playoffs again, I'm not moving on from that Knicks series. It is a scar on my body that I cannot get rid of. And what will heal it a little bit faster, maybe I'll start putting some actual ointment on it to make it go away and some of that the, the skin softeners that people get to help with scarring is going to be if they get to the playoffs next year and they actually do something with it. I need to see it first. That's maybe my motto for 2023-2024 when it comes to Cleveland sports. I got to see it first. Because I feel that way about the Browns and I feel that way about the Cavs. Now, my biggest concern, like I've been saying, is just the fact that I don't know. If their identity is what we saw in that series, that they're just soft and they're going to get bullied. If that's truly their identity, then I don't know how you shake that from just being who they are as a team and who they are as players. I don't know what the solution is. I don't think that's something you just coach out of somebody. Now, the offseason has just started. There's still room to make moves here. And I'm not saying something big is going to happen. And I'm not saying, again, I, I, I try to make this clear every time I talk about it because Jarrett Allen is a perfect Jarrett Allen is a perfect representation of Cleveland. He's fun-loving. He's kind of quirky. He shows up to games when he's not playing in just normal street clothes that we would all wear. He doesn't do the whole fashionista walk from the bus to the to the locker room or from the tunnel to the locker room. He just shows up wearing normal clothes. He plays Pokemon Go. He's a little nerdy. I love Jared Allen. I do. But I don't think the door is completely closed on potentially moving him this offseason. And that would maybe be not just not because you're losing Jared Allen. I think it's the shakeup that you need. But I think that if you're trading Jared Allen, we know the Cavs aren't going to settle for something of lesser value. Like they're going to trade Jared Allen if they think they can get the right package for him. And if that were to come to fruition, I think they would get a player that would transform the vibe of this team and how I feel about it moving forward. That's the one move they can make that would make me feel a little bit better. Mark Stein, NBA insider, made these comments in regards to the Cavaliers and Jared Allen. There have been some whispers this week that the Cavaliers are more open to trading Jared Allen than advertised for the opposite reason. He appeared to struggle with the moment at various points of the Cavaliers' five-game exit to the Knicks. Boom. It's exactly what I've been saying. Jared Allen is a player who I thought was at the heart and soul of this team, sort of maybe transitioning that to Evan Mobley at some point, but he was supposed to be a foundational piece. And then he kind of wilted in the playoffs. It's nothing against Jared Allen. I like him. He's a fine player in the NBA. I got no qualms with Jared Allen at all, other than the fact that if this is just who he is and he's going to get bodied in the playoffs, I don't know if you can have that on this team. And I don't know what that instills across the rest of the roster as well if you're talking about a bunch of guys who, as Jamie Bickerstaff said, they might not start bleep, but they don't run from bleep. Well, they ran the playoffs. They ran it hit underneath the bleachers at Madison Square Garden with the Rats. If you get, if you make some changes here, if you're going to make some changes you gotta you, you gotta make it for wings that can give you some more firepower from the outside and hopefully guard 
on the perimeter a little bit better than I even trust Max Struess. But also, you got to get somebody who's going to make this team tougher. I don't know if a Jarrett Allen trade is in our future, but the fact that there's been whispers, as Mark Stein called them, and murmurs, as we've heard throughout the last couple of weeks, I wouldn't close the door on it happening just yet because the Cavs organization saw what we saw too. Kobe Altman clearly saw that the needs they have, and he's been addressing them so far this offseason, or trying to, there's no way he doesn't know that they look soft. Let's go to Joe in Florida. He's up first in the fan this morning. What's going on, Joe? What is up with you, brother? Not much, man. How's uh, how's the I weather love- down in Florida today? Good? You know, it's, it's pretty much all the same, and luckily there's no chance of a hurricane anytime in the near future. But the season is upon us, so we shall see. Yeah, no doubt about it, man. It's, it's a sunny day here in Cleveland for the first time in a couple of days, so that's uh, been enjoyable for the end of our Independence Day. Joe, what you got for me on the Cavs, man? Well, here's what I got on the Cavs, brother. And, you know, I listen to you all the time when you're on. You're one of my favorite. I listen to all the hosts on the station off and on. Thank God for streaming radio. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but in, in my opinion, I don't think it should be a problem. I got a couple quick points. For fans to get excited about their own team. What I think happened to Allen, and correct me if I'm wrong, I don't remember exactly which game it was, but at the end of one of those early in the series Knicks games, there was a hard foul under the basket, and he got abused for it, and he even tried to help the guy up off the ground, and it it made him look soft or whatever that was. They're not going to trade him. He's defensive guy inside. I mean, they could trade him, but I really don't think so, and I really don't want him to go. The biggest problem the Cavs had, in my opinion, everything I'm saying, I guess, is my opinion, so i got to stop saying that. <laughs> we all do. <laughs> it's that, a crutch phrase. I get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We have no bench. The bench, Wade turned out to be hot freaking garbage. Nobody knew that was going to happen, but yeah. could that guy have been any worse? I know he got dinged up a couple times. Right. He's also majorly injury-prone, but... um. I don't know. It's, no, it's a frustrating I, thing with the Cavs for me. For sure. No, Joe, I appreciate it, man. Sorry, we're up against a break, so i got to let you go. But I appreciate you calling in, man. Have a good Independence Day. You bring up Dean Wade. I think That's one of the biggest blunders from this past season was them thinking Dean Wade was ready for the moment and basically moving on from Kevin Love because they thought that. Like, he was supposed to take Kevin Love's role, and he absolutely just peed down his leg, if you will. Like, it was, it was miserable. It, it was bad. Um, and they got to see if he has something in there that they can tap into and, and pull out, and he can he can get better. But, yeah, that's a big question. Joe brings up the bench. We'll talk about that coming back because they have addressed some of the bench needs. I still think it's more than that that are their problems. But we'll talk about that next. Also, in honor of the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest and Joey Chestnut's greatness on display today, if we can call it greatness, I guess. What is a food eating competition against amateurs that you think you could win? 216 474 92 and on Twitter at Spencito underscore. We take a break. We'll be right back on 92 to the fan. The humble consequence of carbon. The fleeting spray of life turned diamond by the sun. Forever suspended in that instant. Indifferent to the gods. For he does not envy their power. He will not plead their pardon. He will curse and spit and sneer and shout his name at the heavens. Ladies and gentlemen, the Nathan's famous 4th of July champion of the world. Yahweh Chestnut! 
Oh, yeah, it's that day. It's the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest, and I have a question for y'all, which is... What is a food eating competition that you think you could win? 216-474-0092. Also on Twitter, at Spencito underscore. We're going to have that be a rolling topic throughout the show, but I want some of your responses here coming up in a, in a few minutes. I, I, I To wrap up, and I'm going to get to your calls on this, the, the Cavs conversation here a little bit, because we had Joe right before the break, and he talked about the bench. I do think that's the area where, listen, I'm, I'm, well, I'm, I'm not weary on Max Truce, but I'm... Unsure on Max Truce and different maybe. I do like Niang. I think he maybe provides a nice role for this team that they didn't have. And that's where I do think like the bench is already worlds better than it was last year. So that's good. I don't know, though, to, to what Joe said. I think it was more than just the bench that cost the Cavs that series. What do we always say about the playoffs, right? Like you play seven, you trust six. Or you play eight, you trust seven. Having a deeper bench... I don't know that it just qualifies you to win that series or advance super far. Like, yeah, depth helps. The Nuggets were super deep. But you need to have the guys that you're going to count on be most, be your 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 strong suit. And they just didn't have that. Now, I, I do agree, J.B. Bickerstaff having more levers to pull, having more people he can go to is good. But I don't know, man. I... Uh, I'm still open to the idea of moving on from Jared Allen. Mark Stein said it's a possibility, and I think that what he said in that he was kind of bullied in that series, and maybe the truth was was shown to us. The, we saw the light. He shrunk under the lights, and so did the Cavs, but you know, we saw the light on maybe who he is as a player on that stage. I don't know if running it back just fixes that. And you're trying to change the vibe a little bit, get some better offense, get a shooter, and I understand Max Struess is a shooter, but if you're trying to get more shooting, I think he's the piece you got to move. It could still happen. D- don't rule out anything, guys. We thought that the Cavs were done last offseason, and then they swung a deal in September, early September, for Donovan Mitchell. So anything can happen. I'm going to go to the phones here. Do want to remind you that we will be chatting with Zach Meisel of The Athletic coming up in about 15 minutes We'll see if there's a food-eating competition that Zach thinks he could win. Let's go to Jerry in Cleveland. Jerry, what's up, man? Hi, how you doing? Good, good, good. Uh, what? Well, you know, I've talked with you before, and yeah. what I've always said is you got too much of the same type of players, hmm. two small point guards, and then your big men play pretty much the same type of offensive game. And uh, when it comes to um, small forwards, all you're doing is getting people that are actually bench players and you're trying to turn them into starters. And so if you bring in one player, he's got deficiencies in certain areas and other players, excuse me, have deficiencies in other players. And I know people love Kevin Love, but you already had two point guards starting out there who were defensive liabilities. Kevin Love was a defensive liability. So then you had three defensive liabilities out there. Hey, Jerry, I will say on the Kevin Love thing, though, um, you didn't necessarily need him for his defense in the playoffs. Like the the defense, we saw what happened when the Cavs had a great defense, right? They got roasted. They they needed some of the offense, and he could have given you a little bit more off the bench. But I definitely see your point. You're right about that for sure. 
Well, the thing is, you got to have some defense, and you can't just have two players that are good on defense. Yeah. You have to have at least three. Yeah. Because uh, what usually happens is most teams, like he goes to Miami, they can hide his deficiencies. Yeah. We were unable to hide. Well, and you need somebody who can guard these wing players that are the basically the top flight players that you want in the NBA. The guys that everyone's looking for and they covet are these wing players that are a lot of the times three and D guys. So you almost need like a stretch four type player to be able to do that, or you need a wing yourself. And then the Cavs certainly don't have that on this roster right now. You're right. And you're not going to get that by trading Jared Allen. Like I said, to me, no one's untouchable except for Evan Mobile. So who would you trade, Jerry, real quick? If you had to, to get a wing that you trust? Um, either Donovan Mitchell or uh, uh, Darius Garland. Okay. They're the only ones that if you trade, you're going to bring in a player who you like. If you bring, if you trade Jared Allen, I bet you would only get backups. Mm. Okay. And I know nobody wants to trade Donovan Mitchell, but to me, you know, like I've told you before, two six-one guards, will never make it to the finals. It's only happened once, and that was, what, 30 years ago. Okay. So, I, yeah, no, I, I, I like that I like that thought process. I like where your head's at, Jerry. I appreciate the call, my man. You have a good Independence Day. You too. Thank you. Yeah, I, I like what he said, too, about they have too many players that, that do the same thing. He's right. Two undersized guards that have a similar style game. Two guys, two big men inside who their games are very similar right now. Now the hope is Evan Moby can change that. If he changes that, maybe Jared Allen still has a, pl- a, p- a place here. If he doesn't, and he doesn't become a better shooter from outside of just the, the block or in, inside and, and catching dunks and things, then I don't know what Jared Allen's purpose is here. I just don't. And, and I understand, like, those guys anchor the defense, but what good is that if you're getting roasted by wings on the outside because you have nobody to guard out there? Let's get one more cast call in here before we get to our food-eating competition Topic, but Chuck, what's going on, man? Chuck in Cleveland. Hey, what's happening, man? Happy Fourth of July, bro. You too. You too. Hey, this is what I want to know. You got uh everybody like just capping on Allen, but in '22 when he was reserved for the All Stars, All Star game, it wasn't all it is. Rah 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 rah. And then he has a bad playoff series in which. Every Cavalier member had a bad playoff series. True. And I just would like to know, like, how is he getting singled out as the weak link when ain't nobody show up, but that core four got you 51 wins, 4C, in which people put on nothing. I tell you, you're wrong about that because if I ask you, is the Cavs going to the playoffs next year, you're going to say, well, yeah. Okay, because you're going to have some idiot saying, I doubt it, you know, or whatever. But last year, their first year running the squad they ran made them a bona fide playoff team. Okay, so we ain't worried about going to the playoffs. Now, if you really think, like, if they had to do it again and don't nobody show up, do you think that's going to happen twice? And you, speak hoops. I do think it could happen twice because I'm worried about that being the identity of this team, Chuck. I appreciate the call, man. We're we're getting tight here on time, so i got to let you go. And I do see what you're saying. I concede that everybody played poorly pretty much in that series, except for Karis LeVert. Karis LeVert actually had a really good series. I don't care what people say. I know he's he's streaky, but he showed up in that one. Um, 
But yeah, like that is my worry is that what we saw in the playoffs is what's going to happen again. Like history is going to repeat itself. Like you can sit here and say, are you sure that's going to happen again? Because what motivation, they're going to come in more motivated next year because they laid an egg this year. Maybe that's a thing, but if that's just who they are, that's just who they are. And if they're soft, then they're going to probably be soft again and they'll get bullied. I understand there's growth and there's things that have to happen. and There's development, but Donovan Mitchell didn't show up and he largely hasn't shown up in other playoff series throughout his career, except for the bubble. So people already have people have questions about him too. I have questions about him, but Donovan Mitchell, we're going to be having a conversation about his future next summer anyway. It's not just trying to single out Jared Allen as the weak link. I think Jared Allen takes the brunt of it because yeah, he didn't look great and he was pushed around, but also he sort of bucks against the current trends of the NBA. When you need wing scoring, he doesn't give you much jump shooting. He's basically just a shot blocker in the paint who his offensive game is limited inside. And that's fine. That can work, but not if you also have Evan Moby doing the same thing. 216-474-1092. We're going to talk Guardians all a lot of the next hour, but I still want to field calls on people and from people who want to jump in sharing what food competition you think you could win. I'm getting some texts and tweets on this. Um, my dad, who's spending time with my my sisters, my sister and that part of the family right now down in North Carolina, he went around the horn and asked everybody. So he says he could win an Oreo eating contest. My mom apparently could win a chocolate eating contest. And my nieces said mac and cheese and chicken nuggets. I'll say this. I honestly think my one-year-old son could give anybody a run in a mac and cheese eating contest. I'm not even kidding. We put mac and cheese on his plate, and it's gone before it leaves the spoon. Like, we try to put it down on this little tray, and it's gone before it's even off the spoon. It's it's remarkable. He just downs the stuff. It is clearly his favorite food. His eyes light up when he sees mac and cheese. It's absurd. 216-474-1092. What is an eating contest you think that you could win? We're also getting some tweets on this. I'll open up Twitter reactions. This is powered by Scheiben Jewelers, Cleveland's premier jewelry store. Uh, Ryan Lensel tweets in, Tiramisu. That's not one I would think of necessarily if I thought of a uh, eating competition. But I like that answer, though. I like that. I would like to think I'd probably go something in the dessert category, although desserts can be rich. I got to think about it some more. I was going to say mac and cheese, honestly, but everyone's taking mac and cheese, so now I feel like I got to come up with a different answer. I'll go the dessert route. I'll figure out what mine is. We'll find out what Zach Meisels is when we get back next. He joins us on the North Olmsted Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline here on The Fan. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.